0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Special advising the podcast No Parent Left Behind, a show aimed at parents and caregivers of children along the spectrum of disabilities. But welcome siblings, teachers, healthcare professionals, and anyone interested in learning about topics from the world of exceptional needs, educational services, health and wellness, fitness, nutrition for you and your child, and more. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're looking for an open, friendly, and honest source to inform and inspire you, then you've come to the right place. I'm Mark and I have 34 years of experience teaching kids and coaching parents, and I'm your host. I hope this podcast can inspire you to face your days more confidently, stirring a greater sense of self-love, mindfulness, and outpouring of goodness and positive role modeling for your children. Always keep you and your mental, physical, and if you're inclined, spiritual health in mind. Attending these areas will allow you to be all you hope to be for them. Today I'll be speaking with Nikayla Von Rader of the Slumber Academy. Nikayla is a certified pediatric sleep consultant and neurodivergent sleep specialist and the founder of the Slumber Academy, which specializes in drawing out root issues that may be interfering with your child's sleep and well-being. Nikayla has over 200 hours of training and hands-on experience, along with additional ADHD and sleep with disabilities certifications. Nikayla is a strong advocate of responsive and attachment parenting. I'm happy to have her visit with us today, so please join me for another win. And welcoming Nikayla Von Rader to the show. Hello, Nikayla, how are you?
1: Hi, I'm great, how are you?
0: I'm good, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you taking the time today.
1: Of course, I'm really happy to be here.
0: I know it's early for you where you are. Uh, It's a little later for me, so I don't know how you do in the morning. So (laughs) congratulations (laughs) for being this cheery and awake awake at this hour.
1: (laughs) It's the coffee. It's the coffee.
0: It's the coffee. All right. Good, good, good. good. Yeah, that's the magic potion for most people. Um, Yes. I, you know, when I found you on Instagram, I was immediately drawn in by your accessibility and your sense of humor. I just thought your posts were entertaining and knowledgeable and and full of great tips. And I would just thought, wow, somebody who can bring a personality and a groundedness and like just a real person and also be able to provide help for people. That to me is like the best balance and best mix, you know, for this for this world, (laughs) you know, to help people because it's non-threatening. And I found that immediately with you it was non-threatening. And that's why I wanted to to meet you and speak with you because I thought I want to get your message out. To the world, you know, I think it's it's a great message. I think it's a lot there for people to be able to uh, take advantage of, and I think you can help a lot of people. And you're just like a nice person who's accessible, and I think (laughs) that's what people need. Thank you.
1: I I appreciate that. Uh, That's one thing that I've really tried to strive for, just with my messaging and anytime I, you know, go live or just any post that I do, because. Parenting a neurodivergent child is is hard enough. It is hard. And sometimes it is very lonely. You don't feel like you have people in your corner. And so that's yeah. one thing that I really want to, to do is have people feel like there's other people out there that relate. There's other people out there that understand they're going through the same exact things as you are, but it can be a very negative experience at times and so just trying to bring some humor into it is just that's just my personality that's who I am. <laughs> I try to be extremely positive and you know just just bring some humor into a you know j- just the battles and the challenges that there are sometimes as a parent.
0: It's it's interesting to me as as a provider going into homes and seeing that you know there's some parents that have an idea about that there are other people in their world but there are those that That don't, and they really don't know how to access those people or resources. And so for someone like you, the way you bring it to them, I think it's got to be just an uplift for them, because it is such, especially when you first find out about your child and diagnosis and things like that, you know, and it's a new world, and you're you're really kind of lost. And I can't speak for the parent in that regard, because I'm not a parent of a neurodivergent child. But you know, someone also who is in the world that you are, you can relate to them in a, in a one-to-one way, which is, you know, I think something that people are looking for.
1: Yes. I mean, a lot of the things that these parents are going through, I feel it, and I am going through the exact same things and a lot of scenarios that other parents are. It's, it's a very relatable situation. And that's one thing that I love too, is just when I speak with my clients and I had this exact conversation last night, she was like, how are you doing? And I'm like, things are a little (laughs) crazy for me over here. You know, we're having to reassess medication and we're doing all these things. And she was like, I understand. And it's just funny because my clients end up just—they are my friends, <laughs> honestly. Right. Like there's just this amazing relationship that ends up getting started because, you know, we're—I I'm working with people for an entire month, and it's like I'm just totally <laughs> in their lives and a part of their world right. for for a month. But it just doesn't end up stopping there. We always just end up being friends from there on out, and it's just it's this closeness and this bond that's created because. Uh, you know, it's so relatable, like what they're going through and what I'm going through in my life. We just end up, you know, sharing and talking and uh, it's just it ends up to be a wonderful thing. And just this sense of support between, you know, between each other for, you right. know, for a long time. Is great? It's a great experience.
0: Yeah. Because it's a unique connection, right? I, they can't find yeah. that with just anyone. So you know, that's why I think you the
1: lack of sleep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you might be able to bond with a lot of parents on that one. <laughs> yes, right, <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, no, I find the same thing. You know, you you make these relationships because you become partners with the families. You know, and yeah. you're all you're all working towards the same goal, right? And yeah. so you're invested, they're invested, and so this this full on immersion of the two of you together, it's going to naturally bring you closer, I think. And uh, that's one of the things I love about it too, because I have wonderful families from over the course of 34 years that I've, that I've known, and I still keep in touch with, with some of them, and, and the present day ones. And, you know, I just, uh, I, I really love that aspect of it. So I'm glad that you appreciate that on your end, too, I because I think, that, <laughs> I think that people don't understand that this is a hard world. And, and, you know, when you can make those human connections, that's when things actually start to happen. You have obviously you have this passion, and uh, as I, I, I wrote, it, it like it adorns your body, your very being. You just like exude it, right? It's really fantastic. Yeah. So, could you give us a little bit of a, of your background and what attracted you to the specific field?
1: Yeah, so it kind of a funny story. Um, I started off as just a baby and toddler sleep consultant. That was what my original certification was in, and as I got started. I just had this nagging feeling in the back of my mind that I just didn't love what I was doing, which was really disappointing because I put in t- over 200 hours of, you know, time and energy and hard work into getting the certification that I have. And I just didn't feel passionate about it. And I didn't feel aligned with what I was doing. And I felt right. very frustrated with how I was feeling. And I didn't really understand why I was like, I should love this. I work, I love working with kids. And I feel like I'm doing this, like this amazing thing for so many parents. And I, you know, I love the clients that I was working with, but I did- wasn't fully understanding why I was feeling this way. And, um, since my son also has, is neurodivergent, I'm in a lot of groups on Facebook. And that's when I kept noticing one in every four, five or 10 posts was about sleep. And I sat there one day and I realized they were getting no actual real, like real good responses on their posts. It was parents that were also saying, I'm in the same boat. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what to do or other things that it was like, Oh, just give your kid melatonin and you know, maybe they'll sleep. But there was no real definitive answers of this is what you should be doing or this is what you should not be doing. And there was no specialists or people that were in the field that were stepping in and saying, hey, I can actually help you. Mm -hmm. And as I was sitting there and reading through all of this information, I said, why not me? Why? If there's nobody supporting these poor families that are just like me, why not me? and i then went on and did five or six additional courses and i've had to piece together my own education because there isn't anything there is not i wanted to ask that right yeah where do you go for that right Like, hey this is a course and this is like where you get your certification to work with these kiddos it's a whole totally different ball game and i have had to go out and specifically do enough research. I've read textbooks. I have gone and I've pieced together other courses that are, you know, this is about sensory needs. This is about, you know, um, nutrition. This is about different relaxation strategies. And I'm pulling together kind of my own certification at this point. Hmm. And I'm pulling all of these little pieces together to create my own knowledge and my own education to be able to actually help these families because that's just not right. That there's no one out there that specifically is supporting neurodivergent families. Um, it it's very sad and it's very frustrating because sleepwise it is a totally different ballgame. What I learned as a baby and toddler sleep consultant really there's only the, the like the sleep basics that transfer over as far as the techniques and the strategies to get your child sleeping it is 100% hmm. a different ball game. And so, okay. I mean, in the reality of it, a regular baby and toddler sleep consultant is not going to effectively be able to provide solutions for a neurodivergent parent. I've just gotten very, very passionate about it because my, you know, myself and my family being a neurodivergent family, it's very hard to find adequate support and the resources to really move forward and push through the struggles and the challenges that you're having. And I think that that should be more accessible. And so that's mm-hmm. something that I've just gotten really passionate about it. And yeah, I hear
0: it. It's, I see it and hear it, It's
1: what I'm doing. And I love the families that I get to help because I understand I'm, I'm going through, you know, a lot of the same challenges that these parents are having minus the sleep part, because my kids sleep amazing. Thank goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I I just, I feel a lot of what they feel. I feel, you know, I'm having the same same struggles and challenges and things like this, but I'm able at the same time to not only relate, but be able to provide resources and assistance to those parents who are struggling. And that's why it ends up being so, just such a bonded <laughs> relationship mm-hmm. between me and my clients because it it is hard and you need someone that can relate to what you're going through and that really knows the challenges of just being a neurodivergent parent in itself and what that looks like to be right. able to effectively help.
0: We've You've mentioned in the past that you know, when the parent goes to physicians, they have like two to three hours of some training in the area. Um, yeah. And then basically just say, okay, here's melatonin or something like that, you know? Um, so can you just talk about that a little bit, the difference you spotted that difference and compared to someone like yourself who has hundreds of hours?
1: Yeah. So that is actually a very unfortunate situation. And um, I get a little <laughs> ranty about it because, <laughs> uh it's just it's very unfortunate um so essentially the average doctor has 2 to 3 hours of training on sleep that is it that is mm-hmm. bare bare minimum so i have about 250 hours of training on sleep um and i continue every single month to just take more classes and get more knowledge because i believe that no matter if you think that you have enough knowledge, you never do. And Mm -hmm. I want to continue learning and continue. Um, I, and I'm probably going to do this throughout my entire career, take new classes every month, every few months, whatever I can squeeze in, because I can't get enough of what other people, the the knowledge that other people have. And Mm -hmm. I want to be the best. I want to be the best that there is. And I want to be very knowledgeable in all aspects You should feel like you can go to the doctors and you're getting the best care that you can. And, you know, typically that's the case, but there are some situations like this where the doctors just don't have the capacity or the knowledge to be able to support you as a parent. Um, So when you go in and say, hey, my child isn't sleeping, 80% of the time, 80% of the time, you will be given a sleep medication. Mm -hmm. That is an insane, insane number. Now, 80% of the time, you don't need a sleep medication. Um, You need behavioral supports and whatnot. But the problem is, is that doctors don't know how to support you there. Um, And even if they did, they don't have the time. I work with clients for an entire month. And I mean, I'm texting them. Every single day to offer support or adjustments or, um, you know, whatever it is that they need, because what works for one child does not work for another child. And mm-hmm. doctors don't have the ability nor the time to be able to offer that kind of support. and Right. And right individuality, now, right? Yeah. There yeah. isn't a there isn't a department within the system per se for behavioral sleep challenges. And over the years, this has just become an increasingly large issue. So right now the options are, if your child is struggling with sleep, you can go and get a sleep study. But all that that's gonna tell you is if your child has a medical sleep related issue like sleep apnea, Mm -hmm. if your child has a medical condition that is causing a sleep issue, then they are able to help you with said medical condition. But if you have behavioral, if your child has behavioral insomnia, they will just say, here, take this medication or try melatonin and send you on your way without actually supporting you or telling you what to do. Or if they do tell you what to do, it may be one method or very minimal information without any support and really without the uh, information or backing to really f- make you successful. Yeah,
0: and they you, need, just the really,
1: yeah, right? no you, you need to follow up. Yeah, there's no follow up and it's not right. thorough. They just say, here's this like little bit of information, take it, run with it. And it's just, that's right. not, parents are tired. <laughs> they, that's mm-hmm. not going to work. Uh, they sure. need more. And so
0: are, are you creating, I mean, to interrupt, interrupt but are you creating sort of, a new area then, and new, like, it sounds like almost you created almost a curriculum for yourself to get the certification. Is this something that is something you want to do as well as like, create a curriculum, create a, a, a an area that's specific to this that encompasses these things? Or does something Absolutely. like that it, get the sense? Yeah, because I get the sense that doesn't exist, and you're piecemealing it together. But you're creating it as you go. It's like you're creating a whole nother area of health and wellness. Yes.
1: So, Absolutely. I am not going to gatekeep the information that I have. (laughs) I (laughs) am actually really wanting to create another, a a program to train other consultants. I've had, oh my gosh, I can't even tell you a handful of consultants within just the past few weeks that have reached out to me and they're like, how are you doing this? Where did you get your certification? Like, where do you get this knowledge? How, like, how can I do this for myself? And, you know, I tell them, there was, there was nothing available. Like, and I'll tell them at like a few of the places of where I've gotten little bits and pieces of my information. Mm-hmm. But as far as everything that I know into one course or one certification program, it just doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So that's but actually going you, to you, my next, that's my next project. Okay.
0: Okay.
1: I'm going to be creating a certification program because There are so many parents that need this, so, so many, and there are very limited resources for this, and so I want to create a program that is top-notch as far as giving consultants the most detailed information as possible and setting them up to help as many of these families out there as they possibly can. So yeah, that that's is incredible. on my to-do list. I'm going <laughs> to be creating that. It is coming with the type <laughs> of program that I want to make. Um It's going to be a lot of work because I I'm very detailed and with what I do and I'm Mm -hmm. not just going to throw some certification course out there and send people on their way. That's, I'm not about that. I really want to dig into the science and give consultants the tool to do their job effectively. So that is on my to-do list because we can never have enough people that can offer this kind of support. So I, I'm doing it. That's, <laughs> that's, that's fantastic.
0: I mean, I know plenty of people who have struggled with their children sleeping. Um, I know plenty of adults that struggle sleeping. Do you? <laughs> uh, yeah, Like do you, I want to talk about some of your methods and some of some of the, um, the strategies, uh, perhaps. And can these also kind of bridge the gap from kids to, to adults as well? Do you have anything in mind when it comes to, you know, teens, perhaps, but even adults that can pick up on some of your, your methods?
1: Yeah, so some a, a lot of the methods that I have right now are parent led, but they are all they're all strategies for adults too. It just looks a little bit different because adults can do these things on their own, <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. a lot easier. Right. Um, sure, Whereas sure. the things that I am doing is teaching parents how to teach their children how to do things. So right. in reality, everything that I'm teaching is, I mean, it is there and available for. For adults as well, it's just a lot easier for the adults to be implementing (laughs) these things. It's difficult in a different way because as adults, especially adults that have ADHD, I know because I'm one of Mm -hmm. them, you're (laughs) constantly searching for for that dopamine, right? So a lot of people get that from Instagram, from TikTok. And so it can be really, really difficult to put your phone down and... Sleep. or And and when you have your phone at night, too, that blue light, so between TV and your phone, because a lot of people, especially with ADHD, have their phone and are watching the TV at the same time. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. all you're getting is that blue light, and that is affecting your melatonin production naturally, so that will affect sleep because of those electronics, and not only that, but your brain is very stimulated from these electronics as well. So then after you're saying after you're done and saying, okay, now it's time to go to bed, and your brain is having a hard time shutting off, and you're just wide awake right, you just while just you're laying in bed. Shut
0: down, right. It, you
1: can't shut down. And then because you can't shut down, you reach for your phone again, and it's like this vicious cycle. So I feel Perpetuates,
0: like- Perpetuates, right?
1: Yes. So as, as far as adults, Go. That is like one major issue. Is these the the searching for the dopamine and just putting the electronics down. It can <laughs> be very very challenging.
0: Yeah, and so that goes back. Then we circle back to the kids because that's yeah. part. That's at least one of the areas you discuss. Can we talk about some of the techniques and areas in working with the children and trying to help? Uh, we won't have yeah. a, a, enough time to do all of it, but you know, just to give <laughs> some parents some hints. Yeah.
1: Please. So every child is different and what works for one child will not work for another. So crafting a plan that is suitable for your child is very, very important. Um, So one thing that I always recommend is implementing quiet hour um, at least one hour before bedtime um so during this time it is really important to and I, and I actually talk about this in my new course that I just launched because I realize a lot of parents are having troubles with this but um it's really important to have your child calm their body and mind to prepare for bedtime. Neurodivergent children actually need longer, darker and quieter periods to transition to sleep. So creating a quiet hour where they really kind of calm down, decrease their stimulation and take this time to have all their sensory needs met is huge because it, sensory needs isn't something that we always think about when it comes to right. sleep. Um, you know, if, if your mm-hmm. child is dysregulated, it definitely affects them during the day. And you can see that with meltdowns or their behaviors but not only during the day, that can affect them as soon as they're as soon as they get into bed. Um, <clears throat> if their sensory needs are not met, they will be tossing and turning, struggling to go to sleep. Or um, if their room is not you know set up for their sensory needs, uh, they're not going to sleep either. So their sen- sensory needs play a huge, huge part in this as well. Um, but there, there's so many factors when it comes to sleep from, you know, uh, having an actual bedtime routine also is so important. And that's one yeah. thing that I feel like a lot of parents can kind of, uh, just diss because it's like, oh yeah, bedtime routine. <laughs> like, you know, it's something so simple, yeah. And, but you don't really, th- it's so simple that you almost don't think that you actually need it. You just think, all right, well, yeah, pajamas, brush teeth, like let's do our thing and get in bed. But actually crafting a bedtime routine that is 30 minutes long in consistent order every single night is actually very, very important because Mm -hmm. it takes 30 minutes for melatonin to be produced and for you to get sleepy. So by creating a consistent 30-minute bedtime routine that First event in your bedtime routine is going to indicate to your child's body that, okay, sleep is coming and it's coming in a half an hour. So Mm -hmm. release melatonin right now. So So then by the time they're done with the bedtime routine, they get into bed and they're already sleepy. So you're not fighting their body. They are are physically prepared and mentally prepared once they get into bed that it is time for sleep. So – what you want to do is really work with their bodies, work with their minds, and create um, routines and schedules that work with them that help them to be sleepy. Um, and that bedtime routine is actually a huge part in that. And I know because I remember <laughs> when my kids were little, I was like, who needs a bedtime routine? Like, we brush teeth and you know, <laughs> right. put pajamas on, go potty, put them in bed. It's fine. That's close enough, right? Because it's like, but, a, it's
0: almost like a routine in itself, but it's not structured, really, right? You know, yes. so it's not planned so having out. having
1: right? that structured routine is actually very, very important and helps with sleep a lot.
0: You know, the haphazardness of, okay, we have a routine, but it's it's haphazard. And so there's going to be delays. It's going to be times where you're going to rush, you know, brush your teeth, get your on, go to bed after you've been maybe out with the family or you've been watching TV or something like that, or on your iPad. So... Because I find, and I I appreciate hearing this, because to me, so much of what I do with families is creating routines and schedules to help with behaviors. And so it makes so much sense that this would also apply when it comes to sleep, that you want a routine, a schedule, and then the kids know and it's almost like it just clicks in, right? So your brain turns on, turns off the day and turns on and the melatonin process begins. And that's... Kind of like the core <laughs> it sounds like the <laughs> foundation of what you're doing you know yeah um, I've worked with a with a, a family that and and I don't know how much you work on this area, but um the child is not they're refusing to sleep in their own bed and so this has been going on and they're getting older and you know do you have any ideas or or thoughts about how to kind of change that and and help that child get to their own bed
1: yes. So the, these are the kiddos that I love working with because <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's almost like, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like, oh, yeah, it's a challenge for me because it's like, they, you know, it's something that they hate and we really want to turn it into this positive experience in a place that they right. love. Um, and, and it's funny because both of my boys, their bedrooms and their beds are their safe place. It is a place where they can go, where they feel very comfortable. They feel feel secure. And when they crawl into those beds, it's just a really positive experience for them. And so I want other families to feel that way also. And not only as their little kids, not only does that affect them here, but this is going to be, these are skills that will literally affect them for the rest of their lives. Um, and so I, I love working with kids that feel like this because what it does is it, it turns it into just such a positive experience for them. So mm-hmm. a lot of times this is, again, this is a lot of behavioral you know right. interventions that we do here. Um, but we don't just go and put them in their room and expect that we're going to work it out with a lot of like crying or anything like that. That's not that's not how it works. Um, but a lot of parents feel like that's their only option. And so there's this like hesitation to even try because it's such a fight right. and a bad experience that they're just like, I don't know what to do. So you're just going to sleep with me. But yet at the same right. time,
0: and that- I don't want to handle I don't want to have to watch you suffer because it crushes yeah. me, you know, right.
1: But at the same time, they, they don't want their kids in their beds, they want their own space. Right. And it's just this whole thing. So usually where I start with this is by having the kids get comfortable in their rooms and really create this bonding experience and time in their bedrooms and just start with these positive experiences. And what's funny is I have parents talk about, <laughs> talk about their kids' beds like it's the best thing since sliced bread. And they always laugh because <laughs> they're like, what? By you going in there and telling them, oh, my gosh, do you feel this bed? It's so amazing. <laughs> and they start to think about it, too. They're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, this is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, obviously, that's you're not going to work with a 10-year-old to a degree, but – um, that is one right, thing so- that we do is, you know, go into your room and go into your kids' rooms and really start building this positive experience in there. Um, early on, then,
0: early on when they're young, when they're really young.
1: Yeah. When they're little. Yeah.
0: Right. And
1: then I like to add in arts and crafts for these kinds of things. Again, age appropriate. Um, mm-hmm. this is not going to work with a 10 year old, but some of these two, three, four, five, Five six year olds. This will work with. Um, mm-hmm. I like to go in and have them create door hangers for all all the kids' bed or all the family's bedrooms to say, you know, this is whose bedroom this is. So they make one for mom and dad. They make one for themselves on their bedroom. They make one if they have any siblings. This is siblings' bedrooms, and so it really starts to indicate whose bedroom is where, who sleeps where. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And then just creating that positive association between their room and their bed is very, very important. Um, okay. Having them you know, go in there and play in their room and spend a lot of time in their room. Because a lot of times what's happening is when those kids have this like reservation towards sleeping in their room, and they only want to sleep with mom and dad, it's almost like... They, they, they aren't in their room at all. And so then they're, they're like, I don't want to go in there because they're never in there to begin with. And it's not a comfortable space for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love getting the kids involved in their room. So just making it a huge event before you're getting started with this transition. I mean, throwing parties, baking cakes, going mm-hmm. to the store and picking out things that they specifically like. And for me, this one was hard because... I don't know about you, but I'm very particular about what my house looks like. <laughs> so taking I, my I child to the store I and letting these, them pick out these little, you know, these very childish things are very, I I'm that person. I'm that mom. I hate it. <laughs> I'm like, I want it to look really cute and very like magazine worthy. And so letting my child, <laughs> that's just, I was like, Oh, you know, that's your so, challenge. <laughs> but it was challenging for me but it is so important to them because it gives them these emotional ties to their bedroom it gives them a space that yeah. they feel proud about it gives them their their room where they feel very they're going to start feeling comfortable in there because they got to make choices towards their bedroom
0: right they got gives to pick them some owner, their ownership day. right
1: Yeah, sense of ownership got to pick out their, their bedding and some some stuffed animals and maybe the rug and some decor and things like that. So it gets them really excited to be in there. So with all of these things kind of combined, it's a really, really good start for making that transition.
0: I love the foundational, um, you know, setting those habits and, and trends early on. I think that makes so much sense. It's great. We talked about melatonin earlier. I know you have this—you have a, a real strong feeling about it. Would you be able to kind of just elaborate on that? Um, how you feel about it? <laughs> yes,
1: yes, and um, people and might why. come after this one. <laughs> this is something that I do get passionate about because there is a lot of misconception when it comes to melatonin, and since you can buy it over the counter, you can go into almost any store and go and buy melatonin It is so easily accessible. It's used so widespread that, um, it's just like the first thing that's on a recommendation from other parents. Um, but here, here is the situation that with it is it is not FDA approved. Um, there is no regulation as far as what, amount is in some of these gummies or pills or how it is nothing it is not regulated at all um, which in itself is a little scary Um, Mm -hmm. on top of that what we do know is that melatonin or there has been no long long long-term studies done so we don't really know the implications of using melatonin long-term for some of these kiddos but what we do know is that Long-term use of melatonin makes the body stop producing melatonin naturally. So this is kind of the scary part with that is let's say years down the road, they finally start doing some long-term studies. Like these studies could come back with a multitude of issues that melatonin, long-term melatonin use causes, Mm -hmm. but you've been using it for five years since your child was two And now your child's body doesn't produce melatonin naturally. So now they're going to be stuck on it, taking it forever because their body is reliant upon it to go to sleep.
0: Right. Without knowledge of long-term effects. potentially.
1: Yeah. So they Mm -hmm. could end up sticking, having to stick to it, you know, on it for the rest of their lives and it could have some major implications and they're not going to have a choice. So Mm -hmm. that to me is a risk. That's just not worth taking. You know, and and a lot of times these kiddos don't even need melatonin. Mm -hmm. They need some behavioral interventions and they'll sleep wonderfully.
0: People want quick fixes. And so that's a quick fix.
1: It is a quick fix. And it's something that a lot of times is not necessary with the proper behavioral interventions. And so the way that I kind of think about this is it's using a bandaid when you need stitches. You want to set your child up for success long term. Because if you're just giving them melatonin every single night, they're really not learning these skills and foundational elements for sleep. That's going to last them a lifetime. They, they need to know and learn how to get good sleep and why it's important. Because if they're, I mean, imagine a a two or three year old getting poor sleep. Unfortunately, a lot of these kids don't just grow out of it. They, They don't just all of a sudden one day learn good sleep skills. Um, Whereas a lot of babies that are struggling to sleep when they're younger, they do just kind of grow out of that that those sleep challenges a lot of times. But neurodivergent children, it is more of a challenge. And so they don't just grow out of these struggles that they're having. And so by using melatonin, a lot of times it can be more of a crutch where they're not learning what they actually need. And not only right. that, but some children have really adverse uh, – <laughs> like effects from taking it. So it can cause meltdowns, aggression. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of issues that can come with taking melatonin and it, because it is so widely used and you can buy it so easily. A lot of parents don't even put two and two together that that is why their child is having some of these behavioral issues is because of the melatonin because it's so well, just take melatonin and it's such an easy thing to do. Another issue with this, too, is that a lot of melatonin that you get is it helps with delayed sleep onset. So what that means is if your child is struggling to fall asleep, it will help them to fall asleep. But because they don't have sleep skills, they're waking up multiple times throughout the night, and it doesn't help them with that. Um, Mm -hmm. So you're still not really getting they're not going to sleep all night. You're still not You're really not getting, getting the full
0: benefit of it. Right. You're not getting what you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. You may I- not
1: have a 2-hour sleep battle getting them to sleep to begin with, but you may be up mm-hmm. all night still. And so really what should happen is dive into the root issues of why your child is not sleeping. Resolve those, get, you know, have those behavioral interventions and then get them sleeping and really any kind of sleep medication should be the last the mm-hmm. very last tier on the, on the spectrum triangle. of
0: options, right? Yeah. <laughs> <But> that's <laughs> right.
1: the last thing that you're going to.
0: And that's what you provide with your service. It's the stuff before you have to ultimately get to that place. It's dealing yes. with the behaviors, dealing with the, whatever the, the struggles are, the foundational uh, causes. And that's what yes. you get. To, that's what you work to get to. You know, sleep aids are the last thing you want to, you want to choose. Are there ones that you find acceptable
1: Yeah. So there's two things that I actually recommend. Well, I mean, there's a few, one of them is diet. Um, really trying to eat things that are high in tryptophan. So like when you eat turkey at Thanksgiving and y'all get tired, same thing, Mm -hmm. giving your kiddos, uh, foods that are really just help with sleep. That is huge. Um, but two other, as far as supplements go, I I love omega-3s. And not only does it help with sleep, but it helps with brain function. It helps with so many things. Omega-3s are amazing. Amazing, amazing. My kids take them every single day. I love omega-3s. Um, but what it does is it doesn't actually... there's no melatonin supplement. It's not giving you that hormone, but what it does is it actually helps the body to naturally create more of your natural melatonin. So I love omega-3s. And another really good one too is magnesium. Love magnesium. Those two are, are wonderful for sleep. Um, And another thing for parents to look into also is if their child is low on iron. Um, So Mm -hmm. a lot of times when you go to the pediatrician, you can ask them to test your child's iron. And that can really have um, negative effects on sleep. So if you go to the pediatrician, they test their iron levels and they're low. um, The doctor may put them on a... an iron supplement. And at that point that, that may also help with sleep. So those are the kind of things that I recommend. I always recommend talk to your pediatrician first. I'm never going to say, you know, and and same thing, you know, magnesium and omega threes, you can go into CVS and purchase, but still, you know, talk to your pediatrician, see, see what their thoughts are on it. This is a good starting place for you to have that conversation. But those are the things that I do recommend for sleep that aren't don't have any negative effects.
0: Right. Okay. Have you yeah. personally, Valerian is something that I've I've gone to. Um, is that anything that you've ever experienced like working with?
1: I myself, am just very conservative when it comes to taking certain things. Um, mm-hmm. I always try to, and a lot of times with, especially with like the two, three, four year olds, a right. lot of times that age group is more of a behavioral intervention. Yeah, I was going to say,
0: right. Right.
1: So a lot of times that's the case with that age group. Some of the older kids, especially like teens and adults, they definitely do take that. Um, But a lot of those things, I just like to dig in and try to do some behavioral interventions before going there.
0: It makes so much sense, especially along the lines of everything you've said so far. You want to create that foundational connection to your sleep schedule and your sleep habits. And that can kind of like almost cover-
1: you know, yeah, and, and not, and not allow that, you to attain that. Yeah. Some of, some of these kids, I mean, like mine are on a lot of medications already. Um, sure. I mean, ADHD medications and all of these other things sometimes are taking a lot of stuff and it's hard for the, it's hard on the body. Um, sure. and now ADHD medications and other medications like that, that is a completely different story. I, I, I do fully support those. I mean, if you can you know have your ha- child do some holistic things you know there that's you know that's just a totally different totally different ball game there but a lot of the times the kids that i work with are already taking a lot of medications and so yeah if we're able to create sleep habits that get them to sleep without adding on more and more and more things to what they're already taking then that to me is a huge win and i know for a lot of parents that's already a huge win because you know, a lot of people don't want their kiddos taking, you know, 15 different things. And and sure. that's the reality of it. I mean,
0: mm-hmm.
1: no one no one wants their kids to be taking any kind of medications, but they sure, are and they sure. need it. Yep.
0: So if yeah. we
1: can start off first without taking anything and getting the sleep challenges that they have resolved, then for for a lot of parents, that's a huge win for them by not having to add more things into what they're already having to do.
0: Right. So can you tell us a little bit about Slumber Academy? You started Slumber Academy. How long did ago did you just start it? And what can people expect to find when they sign into your website and connect? Yeah, with
1: you? so this has just been my, this has been my passion project. This is, this is my baby here. <laughs> so <laughs> I kind of gave you a little ba- background when we first started as far as, you know, how it came to be. Um, but I I've really have my my one on one coaching, which is uh, it's called Sleep Restored, and that's where we dive in together to resolve these sleep challenges. I have this intake form that I have. I mean, it's insane because I want to know everything. It's very <laughs> thorough. I don't want to miss yeah. anything. I want to know mm-hmm. everything. Um, so it's this is huge intake form that I have clients do, and fr- based upon that, I sit down and I create craft a sleep plan and. I'm going to tell you it is a lot. It they're usually mm. 20 pages long. I mean, they are wow. they are detailed. It's a lot of information. It is a That's lot amazing. of stuff. Um <laughs> the one thing that I want parents to feel when they're done with my program is holy moly, I know everything about sleep now. <laughs> <laughs> right. I want them to feel <laughs> prepared. I want them to feel like they know what to do if something ever changes, or if they have any, you know, anything else that comes up, I want them to feel prepared and knowledgeable to be able to tackle the challenges that they're having. And so uh, we do a training call. It's about 90 minutes long where we sit on the phone and we go through this massive sleep plan. And then from there, I work with clients for an additional month and, Mm -hmm. um, that's all via text or email, whatever's preferred. And I work with them for a month on implementing this plan. I mean, it's since there's so much information, so that's kind of what I do. I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And right. it, it can be hard because it can be a lot of pivoting because what works for one child doesn't work for well, another. Sure. right. And so a lot of times it's like, okay, we're trying these activities and they're really overstimulating. So let's, let's, pivot this way. And we're going to try to do these things. And so it's really working hand in hand with parents to try to figure out what works for their child and what doesn't. Um, it, it is a lot because there's no definitive answer of like, this is exactly what you should do and how you should do it. It's, it's a lot of pivoting. And so I'm, I'm there to, to handhold and to say, all right, this is what we're doing and we're going to be doing it together. Um, So that
0: flexibility on both parts is absolutely necessary.
1: So then they, and they feel supported as their, you know, parents are going through this program because it can be a lot. And not only that, but they're mentally and emotionally exhausted because some of these parents haven't slept in years. Sure. And they, I mean, that, causes caregiver fatigue it causes so much not only on the kiddo who's not sleeping i mean there's just major implications for the entire family absolutely and so to,
0: relationships everything yeah
1: yeah so to sit there and be exhausted and trying to implement this sometimes you need someone behind you to say it's all right let's keep going we're gonna yeah. get this we're gonna get this resolved it's okay let's just keep right. going um, yeah that's
0: our job that's our job that's what we do
1: yeah so that can be huge, and yeah. so I'm also right now trying to trying to launch some smaller courses um, because for those parents that maybe don't feel like they need an entire um, mm-hmm. sleep plan or they don't they don't want to be a part of this large program, but they just have this singular thing that they're struggling with, or, you know, maybe there's just something that they want to make a little bit better or a little bit smoother. Um, but they're sleeping like, for example, they're sleeping great throughout the night once they get them to sleep, but they're taking two hours to fall asleep. Um, Mm -hmm. that can be a really common issue. So I just launched a sleep course last night to help them with this one Singular issue. So I'm trying to put out a lot of low cost supports for parents to at least get them started, get them on their way and make it so that it fits everybody's budget. I don't want anybody ever to feel like they can't get the support that they need because we feel like that in, in every other aspect, half the time where it's like you're fighting to get, um, you know, occupational therapy help, or you're trying to get IEPs or 504 plans at school and you have to fight for it because you can't get it or can't get the support. And I I never want parents to feel like that when it comes to sleep. I want to be able to provide as much as I possibly can for parents so that they that they don't ever feel like that and they always feel supported.
0: That's great. So that's, this is different last night. What you put out is different from the masterclass that you just offered a week or two yeah, ago, so- we put it, right?
1: Totally different. I have a free masterclass. And then I just launched last night. a. It's um, from resisting to resting. So it's for those kiddos who really just cannot wind down to go to sleep. Anything that takes okay. over 30 minutes to fall asleep, that's for those kiddos so that they can okay. wind down and go to sleep.
0: And these can all be found on the website, correct?
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: That That's wonderful. Um, so the name of your website again is?
1: the slumber Academy is the website. And then on Instagram, it is just slumber Academy. Um, The do you have any other social media show up with anything? So it's just slumber Academy on Instagram where people can find me there too.
0: Okay. Do you have any other social media, uh, you know, tentacles out there?
1: Yeah, I do. I also have a Facebook page along with the Facebook support group. So that is on there also. It's called Neurodivergent Children's Sleep Solutions. Um, So I have a whole group there. I go live in there. We do, we do, it's a great little community. Um, I'm also a part of another Facebook group called ADHD Parenting for those parents who just have ADHD kiddos. um, There's three, there's three of us um, specialist. So we have a therapist an ADHD parenting coach. And then me is sleep. Um, okay. all three of us run it and it's actually getting fairly large. Um, we have, oh, we wonderful. offer a lot of supports there. Um, and I think the three of us are even working on launching a group program. That's going to be like a membership site. Um, it, it's going to take a few months for that to launch, but, That is coming out. It is going to be really, really awesome. And (laughs) we're going to do big things with that because it's going to be, this one is specifically for ADHD parents, but um, it's going to cover basically all phases of ADHD parenting. And Mm -hmm. so no matter where you're at with your journey, you can get in. um, It's just going to be a, a nominal fee to be a part of this membership, but you're going to be able to have access to, I mean, a vault of material, sleep material, all kinds of therapy supports, parenting resources, how to deal with meltdowns, how to deal with all of these things. So many different things. So many, just pretty much every aspect of parenting a child with ADHD. And, um, And that sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. Yeah. We're going to do many coachings. So if you make a post, we'll likely jump on a loom and give you support and feedback for whatever um, questions you may have. We'll do weekly Q and A's and things like that. So if that's something that any ADHD parenting parents are interested in, um, definitely come and join the ADHD parenting Facebook group, because that's where we're going to start launching a lot of our information for when it, it's coming. Um, we it, we are working very hard to get that launched. It's going to be called Happy Chaos. So-
0: <laughs> <laughs> Your passion is, uh, it's, it's obvious and it's contagious. And I think that, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of lucky people out there to uh, get the benefit of what you've got to offer because there's more That's coming. My goal. <laughs> I can't thank you enough for being on today and taking the time because obviously a very busy woman and it um, I really appreciate that you would reach out and uh, share your information.
1: Well, thank you so much. It's, it's been wonderful to be here. And I just, I want to do whatever I can do to share what I'm doing with other people. So I know that there's so many people out there that feel like they're at the end of their rope and that they are they don't think that they have any other options for support and so I'm working really really hard to get my message out there so that parents don't have to feel defeated or that they they just have to have and struggle with poor sleep for the rest of their lives because they don't have any other options. So I am here today and I'm going to continue doing what (laughs) I can to spread my message and to help other parents know that there is other support out there. I am here to help you. And so I'm just going to keep doing what I can do so that people know and don't have to feel defeated.
0: Well, if anybody doesn't believe you, then they're not listening. <laughs> so, yeah. oh, that, that's there. That's on them. <laughs> that's on them, exactly. No, it's, uh, <laughs> the goods are coming, people. So just uh, yes. look for them. <laughs> so head to theslumberacademy.com and, uh, and start your journey. Yes. Um, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing. Have a great day. You too. <laughs> I don't know where you're getting the energy, but keep it up.
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
0: Thanks so much, Nikayla.
1: Okay, bye.
0: Take take care. Bye-bye. I want to thank you again for listening to this episode, and I hope you'll join me each week to hear about topics close to your heart and welcome fresh and informative insights into areas that are new to you, it's an honor to have you tune in and a pleasure to share with you. All opinions and statements from Nikayla are hers, and as she stated, consult your physician before choosing a health and wellness path for your child, and contact her directly with any questions about what you've heard here. All music heard on today's show comes from Jason Shaw at Audionautics.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram at SpecialEdRising, Facebook at SpecialEdRising, and on my website specialadrising.com. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends. You can contact me directly with questions, comments, or if you're interested in parent coaching, through my email, specialedrising at gmail.com, or my contact pages on Facebook or my website. I would love for you to share some of your stories, which I can add to the community share page of my website. And with your permission, I'd love to share your submission with the audience. Also, let me know if there's anything you'd like to learn more about. And until next time, peace and keep rising.